0: A Doctor of Discernment is on the air. More than half the women in my administration are women. It's time that everybody wake up and pay attention. Dispensing a daily dose of common sense, no prescription required. President Biden's approval rating ranks right up there with jock itch. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. People should not be afraid of their governments. Government should be afraid of their people. I don't believe in the no-win scenario. This is the Greg Belveridge Show. Good morning, my friend. The Marketplace of Ideas is open. Oh, terrible tragedy yesterday in uh, in Kansas City. Eight children among the 22 people who were um, hit by gunfire. The parade to celebrate the Super Bowl victory of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, was yesterday, and it was just it was really, really shocking. Kansas City Police Chief Stacy Graves said three people have been detained as part of the investigation, and she spoke. She said, I'm angry about what happened today. The people who came to this celebration should expect a safe environment, she said. Uh, police weren't, you know... When these events happen, police are in the process of gathering information. So they didn't release any details about the people who were detained. Uh, She said firearms had been recovered, but not what kind. And she said all of that is being actively investigated. And she said, now again, this was, was previous. She said she had heard that fans may have been involved in tackling the suspect, which, in fact, they were. But, again, this was early on, so it, her initial comments. So, again, 22 people hit by gunfire, including eight children, and one, uh, a woman dead. Uh, people are just heartbroken who knew her. Lisa Lopez Galvin was the, she was a Kansas City Chiefs super fan mother of two, among those uh, that were shot yesterday, and sadly, um, she uh, she died late later yesterday afternoon, and it was pretty touching because her Facebook page had been filling up with messages from people who were sending, you know, prayers to you and your family, and prior to news of her death being out there. Beautiful woman. Likely you've seen her photos this morning. And her friends are saying she was the most wonderful, beautiful person. Um, She was a local DJ. And her friend said she did everybody's weddings. We all knew her. She was so full of life. So she worked as a, a disc jockey for a community radio station. And very, she went by the name of Lisa Lisa G. And you can imagine friends just absolutely heartbroken. Then you've got some of the uh, players of the Kansas City Chiefs who were reaching out, especially, you had all kinds of children who were there at this event yesterday. Can you imagine that? You're there with your... Your whole family, you're there with your kids, and something like this breaks out, and a num you know, you got kids who are scared to death. And so Elbert Breer over at Sports Illustrated said of the Kansas City Chiefs players, he said they were capital letters unbelievable, calming. Um these kids down. They were just unbelievable in the way they, they, they calmed these panic kids down. Uh, Trey Smith, he said, went to one upset kid, gave him the WWE title belt, sat with him until he calmed down. And he said, a lot of people impressed with what Smith and your teammates did on that bus. He said on X. So, The uh, chief's organization also responding to what happened, as you would imagine, everybody's saddened by this, as are the chiefs. They said, we're truly saddened by this senseless act of violence, and our hearts go out to the victims, their families, and all of Kansas City. At this time, we've confirmed that all of our players, coaches, staff, and their families are safe and accounted for. We thank the local law enforcement officers and first responders who were on scene to assist. Patrick Mahomes on X said praying for Kansas City. Chiefs linebacker Drew Tranquil wrote, please join me in a prayer for all the victims in this heinous act. Pray the doctors and first responders would have steady hands and that all would experience full healing. So as the gunfire then erupts, it was a a guy who's a Kansas City Chiefs man there with his family who grabbed one of the suspects. Trey Filter is his name, and he said he heard somebody shout, get him, and he sees a guy running through the crowd and he told the Post, he said, my brain tells me that must be him. He's I I, I. I literally remember when I was tackling him, thinking, I sure hope this is who they were yelling at me to get. <laughs> and he said, because I just went, boom, I really don't recall seeing him coming. So they fall to the ground and then the, the gunman gets free, but then he was tackled by a second Chiefs fan. He had somersaulted in the dirt to um, get a hold of this guy, keep him at bay. So then um, Trey Filter says he jumped back into the fray then because this guy had gotten away from him. And he says he began pummeling this guy's ribs while his wife lunges for the gun that the man had dropped during the struggle. And filter said, you know, I I don't know if I knocked him out when I tackled him or what, but I hadn't squeezed so hard. He might have been passed out at the time, for all I know. I just started racking him in the ribs. And he's bystanders were screaming. The man had a gun, and but this guy knew that his wife had already retrie- retrieved the gun. They had already knocked it loose, and his wife had retrieved it. And this is, this is adrenaline, I think. Honestly, you know, you your adrenaline's just pumping and going. And filter says, "I was just yelling. F your gun." That was just hitting him in the ribs. It was great. You know America stuff, he said. So police were there in less than a minute, Cuff the alleged gunman, filter stands up to a round of applause and uh, sees his two sons and tells them, get your mother, we're getting the blank out of here. You can hardly blame them. So we will that's a big story this morning. We'll be getting a lot more details as the as the day goes on, but the and already there are conversations and arguments that are spurring over gun control. This is not about gun control. We're not even going to waste time with that this morning. When we see the de- I mean the kind of outrageous behavior that we have going on all throughout the country. Um, yeah, this this is not about this is not about access to guns. This is not about a need for gun control. Gun control doesn't solve that problem of hate. Doesn't solve these issues of again. There are three people now who are under arrest. And gun control will not solve those problems, period. We have much greater, you know, problems that are plaguing the country right now. And it's gun control. It's, I laugh. I mean, I laugh in the face of those who suggest that that's what we need, that somehow if you have gun control, that's the solution. I'm like, boy, you don't have a very clear view of what's going on. So that's, um, again, praying for our nation, and certainly in this case praying for all those folks at Kansas City and what, what everybody has gone through. Also, other big stories this morning. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner is urging the president to declassify information that he says is related to a serious national security threat. House Speaker Mike Johnson said, well, the threat is not immediate. There's no need for public alarm. So as you get into this, and I did a little bit of, of – uh, Digging, It's regarding intelligence that the U.S. has gathered about a Russian anti-satellite, you know, anti-satellite weapons. So apparently that information's been shared uh, over the course of the last few weeks among people at the highest levels of our government. And there are news stories out there. That's that's what turner is concerned about so he's urging the president to declassify this information then as soon uh, as soon as possible so that then members of congress can speak you know uh, speak about this openly and again speaker johnson said the threat's not immediate no need for public alarm and that story was it's it's getting a lot of attention this morning. Then we'll see. I think you and I will see what what happens. Not something that I would encourage you to be um, to panic over. I I agree with I agree with Speaker Johnson. No need for public alarm. I think there are some issues that require public alarm. I don't know that this is one of them. Also, Special Counsel Robert Herr is um, in final conversations to publicly testify before Congress in March about his report on President Biden's handling of classified documents. So Axios has got the story that her is thinking about his testimonies. He's also reached out to former Justice Department colleagues to potentially help him prepare um, the president's team including the president's personal lawyer has called hers report gratuitous, shoddy, politically motivated, inappropriate. So the question is um, what um, what Congress is after in in hers testimony. So her uh, Axio says, it could help clarify a part of the report that particularly angered Biden. Hers writing that the president did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. He remembered the day. I've seen reports on this. President Biden remembered the day. He incorrectly recalled the year. But he remembered the day that his son had died. Now. As we talk about about Joe Biden and Robert Herr, remember the president went after her and he said there's the and I shared this uh, this news earlier this week with the uh, president in a statement and then he answered some questions uh, from reporters and he said, There's even a reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Well, now we're learning. They never asked him that. They never asked him. So the president goes out there. He's all indignant that they ask him that question. No. It was the president who brought it up. NBC News, legacy media, NBC News, reported yesterday that it was the president himself that brought up his son's death from brain cancer. So two sources familiar with Biden's interview said it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. So it was the president who brought it up. So he's out there acting all indignant, putting on a show. He's the one who brought it up. Apparently didn't remember. I don't know. Was it, uh, I mean, did he honestly not remember or is he just out there playing games? I'll leave it to you to decide. I, I surely don't know what goes through his mind. But, yeah, it wasn't Robert Herr. It was Joe Biden who brought it up. Also, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson yesterday pulled black, uh, back on plans to reauthorize um, a domestic surveillance program, the FISA FISA bill, which allows law enforcement then to keep trolling uh, through intercepts of Americans' communications without a warrant. Been a lot of concern about the FISA bill, especially among civil uh, liberties advocates and civil rights defenders and those, I think, who are concerned about FISA. So, He pulled back on plans then to reauthorize this, and he said, we're still working to get a consensus on FISA. I'm 100% certain that we'll be able to get there. We're optimistic about that. We still have two months to resolve it before it expires, he says, and so there's no reason to rush the product until we have the full consensus, since that's what we're working on. Other big stories this morning. House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Mark Green of Tennessee announced yesterday he is retiring from Congress because the institution and the country in general is largely broken beyond repair. He said, at the start of the 118th Congress, I promised my constituents to pass legislation to secure our borders, and to hold Secretary Mayorkas accountable, which they did. He said, today, with the House having passed H.R. 2 and Secretary Mayorkas impeached, it's time for me to return home. In the last few months, I'm reading, uh, or excuse me, in the last few months, in reading the writings of our framers, I was reminded of their intent for representatives to be citizen legislators. Legislators to serve for a season, and then return home. And he said, Our country and our Congress is broken beyond most means of repair. I've come to realize our fight is not here within Washington. Our fight is with Washington. As I have done my entire life, I will continue serving this country, but in a new capacity. And then he went on to thank voters. That's pretty incredible what he's saying there. Our country and our Congress is broken beyond most means of repair. Now, I think you and I probably have understood that for uh, some time. But when you have got a member of Congress who's saying, Yeah, I'm done, uh, I'm out, I'm not going to be running again, I'm going back home saying that Washington is broken beyond most means of repair. It's refreshing candor, I think, that we don't get much from those serving in Washington. One of the other big stories this morning is a statewide story. Former Attorney General Jason Roundsburg in front of the state Supreme Court yesterday and He's trying to get his, uh, he wants to be able to continue to practice law. And among the, let's say, sadly, I don't really, I don't have time to do justice to what happened, but he apologized to the to the Beaver family. Um, it was Joe Beaver that he had struck and killed. And Roundsburg uh, said, I didn't ask for this accident. I took a responsibility for the accident. I tried to conduct myself in a professional manner. He also said, I'm sorry again to the Beaver family that this has occurred. It's been 1,251 days, and I count them every day on my calendar. And I say a prayer every day for him and myself and all the members of the family and all the people that it's affected, he said. And then he went on to talk about. It um, was getting into the issue of the these North Dakota investigators, remember, um, and their interview with uh, with Roundsburg, and he said the North Dakota investigators were allowed to lie to him while they were questioning him, and he talked about that. He said, they questioned me extensively about my cell phone usage, and I was just adamant that I was not on my cell phone at the time, he said. So we'll, we'll have to get into that in a little bit more detail. I think just in the interest of kind of putting it in perspective, and um, we'll touch on that a little bit later this morning. But that's a quick look at today's big story.